right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Oh, jeez, I knew I shouldn't have said it. I mentioned on Toby's show that I think, or at the end of Toby's show, that I think some good portal news is coming. I do. It's just, I was, um, I was talking to a friend last night, not related to OU, that says that the buzz they're hearing is good and they think it's going to happen quick. I was like, oh, that's cool. So that's where it comes from. What was their buzz? I, well, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious now, right, that it'd be Vauder-related. That, I, I, didn't, I certainly hope so. I didn't go too in-depth on it, to be honest with you. We were talking about Vauder, and we were talking about – why can't I never remember Kern, Kern from Indiana? Mm-hmm. They seem to be on the same boat that Justin was, though, when we had Justin McLeod on from X-Rating Softball. They tend to think that she's on her way to Washington. But it seems as if I'm – not, I'm not letting go of that possibility. I think there could be a couple pitchers headed this way. Hopefully one of them's water. We'll see. I know George is making a big push for um, – I think Florida State was a team that was mentioned for water. So it's not like it's just Oklahoma and everyone else. There's some, there's some stiff competition out there. And – uh, you know, it was interesting because the, the Georgia Tech catcher went to Oregon yesterday, and that was one that many thought might end up, X I think it is, is her name, might end up at Oklahoma. But here, here's a tough spot. And this is, this is the same for those of you when you see some of the transfers from Georgia jump in the portal at the quarterback position. It's like, oh, have them come here. He can back up our quarterback. No one is getting in the portal to be a backup. And if you're a catcher and you're going in the portal, you're going in the portal to being a to be a backup to Kenzie Hansen. Now you can play. You can end up playing other positions, right? We saw Sophia Nugent to get in the lineup, end up learning how to play the outfield and try to play a little first base. But you still have Kenzie Hansen. And I'm not ready to chase the winner of the best catcher in college softball away, especially when I think she has a chance to be a captain next year. So it's going to be an interesting couple of uh, weeks. And I think in those couple of weeks, I feel like it's drilled down to like maybe over the next week, couple of days for it's suddenly impatient Sooner fans, Josh. Very impatient out there right now. Well, need good portal news, right? Need good portal news. So far it's been uh, defections and, and no additions, and we're used to – noteworthy additions this time of year, but patience, patience, my friend. And, and again, I've said this a lot. There are some good players in the portal, and I said this, it, it again, it's not a knock. There hasn't necessarily been that level where you wouldn't, uh, where you wouldn't trust what you've already got. I think the, why I, we just said her name, the girl from Indiana. Kearns? Taryn Kern. Thank you. Kearns would be about the only one that wasn't leaving Oklahoma. <laughs> so, I mean, calm. I feel like it's also a recruiting talk that can go beyond just softball. Everybody just calm down. Going to be okay. The uh, last I checked, Jada Coleman still going to be leading off and playing center field with T.R.A. Jennings playing second. Sid Sanders at first, uh, second or short. Brito, third or short. 
So we're going to have Riley Boone in left, Kinsey Hansen catching, Nicole May still here, Kirsten Dill still here, Ashay Guerin still here. So going to be okay. It's funny, too, because a lot of the people that would complain about the portal and not building through the portal and you can't do that now find themselves just losing their minds trying to see what's next to the portal. <laughs> you didn't have an Alex Tarako on the portal. And that's when you're looking for outside of the one who left OU. That's just me. All right. Um, I had mentioned Josh Helmer, that there was a list that I was ready to dive into. Now, your call, we did something very similar last Thursday where we put together the list of five storylines I'm already done with, but unfortunately I got too angry at number three, and we stopped the list there. Comps. Comps. I'm guilty of it, though, and I don't mean comps in recruiting. I mean comps after two practices. Did you see uh, Jet Brennan Thompson? Boy, he reminds me of Tyreek Hill. It's just, we, we don't want to do that. I'm guilty of that. I'm trying not to be that guy. But conference realignment and the people we platform for that, holy smokes. And then, of course, the um, the never-ending fight over the return of Texas and Quinn Ewers. Those, that, that ended it for me. I was done. But are you okay with another Thursday list? I, I'm here for the list, absolutely. In fact, if you want to go two and one on the previous list and then do the other list. No, no, no. No, we're done with it. I'm done with it. I want to stop at three because I did I did come to realize that if I start diving into like two and one, then and I guess in this case it would be four and five. Then I'm, I'm, I mean, like, I'm, I'm already done with Paul Feinbaum, and I think he's been on vacation the whole time. <laughs> I mean, I'm just done with him. There, there's, it, it literally, his job is to dump on everything. It's like, well, you know, Georgia just won back-to-back national champions. It should be great. Well, they haven't won their third yet, so um, I don't really know. And, you know, their, their quarterback is just – I think he finally gave Georgia credit. But I, if I get started down that, then I'm, then I'm going to blow my top. So I'm going to go happy times here, Josh. I'm going to go happy times. This is courtesy of your buddy – John Williams over on Locked On Sooners. When's the next episode dropping of Locked On Sooners? Probably this weekend. It's funny. We, we've had a couple of people said, you know, John's on vacation this week, and a couple of people have been upset. We've got commitments. We've got this. And it's like, well, you know, I'm just going to wait until July. Yes. I'm, I'm taking a, you know, believe it or not, I'm, I'm taking a exhale week a little bit myself. Good call. Good call. I, they're, they're awesome. And then you read one thing, and that exhale week is imploded. I mean, the height of stupidity in some of the prediction pieces out there. It's just wild to me. Okay. I'm stopping. Well, because so what, what, did he, what did he put out there? Okay, this is from John Williams. He writes, five, five. Oklahoma Sooners primed for a breakout season in 2023. Five. Now, it's a little bit of an older article. I think it was uh, mid-June, but like I said, these are also evergreen. These are timeless. I want to go through his list, and then I want to add two or three. Are you ready? Sure. Should we start and do this the correct way, starting with number five? Probably. Number five, Jaron Kanick. Quick little thing. 
Though still raw, Kanik provided a glimpse of the type of dynamic talent he could be with some experience and more opportunity. Jaron Kanik. I kind of feel like he might still be a – he might be another year away from where we're talking about him like people are talking about Stutzman. But I, I do think that if you're putting together that list of players that you expect more out of, you want more out of, and you think potentially you're going to get more out of, I think Jaron Kanik is at the top of that list for 99.9% of Sooner fans, right? No doubt. I mean, it's alongside Danny Stutzman and the addition of Desan McCullough. We'll see how Harrington fits into the Cheetah as well. Kanik's the, the player that's been earmarked by the fan base as, hey, he's stepping in to be alongside Danny Stutzman in that linebacking core. Saw a lot of sizzle, a lot of, a lot of flash last season with Kanik, the potential but uh, now it's time, folks, think, to put it all together. So, I mean, that's an, that's an obvious, I think, most every Oklahoma fan, media member, talking head, whatever, would have Jaron Kanick involved, yes. Mm, okay. Number four, Gentry Williams. Gentry Williams. Williams, who was the top player in the state of Oklahoma, 60 snaps, nine games, played double-digit snaps in five games, has the right mentality to be a corner, someone who isn't phased by the ups and downs of the game, and is an aggressive player looking to attack the ball in the air. I assume those are carryovers from when you saw him in high school? Because I, I feel like we've seen so little, and I've not seen practice, so I don't know if I can say, yeah, it's so aggressive. Uh, of, I don't know yet, Josh. I mean, I'm, I, I hear he is. I want to think he is. But would you have Gentry Williams in this list? I, I think it's being hopeful. Uh, you know, I, I agreed. Couldn't, I, I couldn't, uh, for me, Gentry Williams, with any great confidence, have him on my list. But uh, it'd be terrific if we reconvene and he is on mm. everybody's list. I mean, obviously, uh, you need help back there. You need help back there. And I, I like the idea, though. I just have we I know that he was taking place in drills but do we know that he's all good to go health wise and everything yet well I no I I don't okay. know that <laughs> just curious I love Jitree Williams by the way you know it's it's still weird for me to see a kid that went to high school with my kid and he's just he's very smooth um, he is an aggressive player I just I mean I, I want to see it at this level I don't know if you were to say the battle at corner. Now, just to be clear, there are no other corners on this list because I don't really know, you know, unless you're thinking Josiah Wagner or uh, Seatbelt, Makari Vickers, is going to get a lot of opportunities. I mean, those, uh, the the Juco transfer as well. I mean, it, it seems like that spot opposite Woody Washington, that it is, it's a wild battle right now to see who's going to be that guy. I would imagine it is, yeah. Uh, Why, since, and when I say wild, I mean wide open, too. <laughs> yes, it's crazy, it's wild, it's it's wide open. Somebody could come win the job. With Jaden Davis's decision, we knew that, I mean, that's one of the biggest position battles for this team right mm-hmm. now. Gentry Williams, Kenai Walker, Kendall Dol- Dolby. I mean, it's it's going to be a battle. 
Kenai Walker is one of those guys that when you see him in a uniform and you're told he's a corner, you're like, all right, all right, let's go. This dude can play. All right, we're continuing on this list. Five Sooners, courtesy of Sooner, SoonersWire.com. Poised for a breakout season. Jared Kanick, five. Gentry Williams, four. Number three, Tyler Guyton. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. We had Cole Kublik on, what, last week. And it really, it really seems, Josh, that Tyler Guyton is starting to become more universally beloved amongst projects in the draft. Or, excuse me, projects on the offensive line in college football. Hell, maybe to the draft. And offensive line guys like Cole and Gabe, um, gosh, Aaron Taylors of the world, it seems like they're talking more and more about Tyler Guyton and what they think he can be. So, yeah, I think I think he's got a big-time opportunity to make a big-time leap even more so. Staying healthy is going to be a key. Left-handed quarterback, obviously you need that right tackle to be staunch, stout, solid. I think he's got a chance to have a really, really big-time season. I think you agree. All right, number two. What happened? That's – my poor decision to answer the phone call here in the middle of this. We're in the usual. middle of. Re- I know. I, I'm sorry, but people call and they call repeatedly. I'm hey, sorry. no, I'm not doing voices anymore. But they yell at you because did I, he really have him at number five? All right, here you go. I do number, apologize. I'm sorry. Number two, number two, Grayson Holt. Eleven snaps last year. His performance in the spring laid the groundwork for a breakout season. Had a strong spring game with five tackles, two sacks, and two TFLs. Yeah, you know, and it, it's weird because like, Holton's one of those guys. <laughs> he doesn't look like he should be a defensive tackle. Uh, he, but when he gets in there, you know, sometimes those best defensive tackles aren't necessarily dudes that look like Ted Washington. And I think. I think Grayson Holton's got a really good chance to have a big season. But, again, I mean, what's what's the updated height and weight? You know, these are things that I can't ignore when it comes to Grayson Holton, right? I mean, this is a dude that needs to continue to add to his, uh, continue to add to his frame, get bigger, get stronger. Let's see, the updated 2023 OU football roster has Grayson Holton at 6'2", 277. Okay. Yeah, so probably mm. – Probably you'd even like a little bit more weight than that. Jalen Redmond, what was he when he arrived? Well, let's see. So his first year, because they have all the old rosters here on the on the website. Do you remember what year was his first year? Had to have been like. Was two- it 1994 whenever Jalen Redmond first got here? Yeah, it feels like it. Yeah, I think that's right. So I'm going to start in 2018, and let's see, let's see if we get it from there. But let's see. Jalen Redmond. Yep. How about Six three two sixty four. Yeah, see, so he was very defensive end body type, and right. then you know added some weight. He, he sort of it was, you know, in some ways a little bit surprising that he had moved inside and ma- made the transition. Bulked up, he finished six three two ninety two, and uh, it was really good. It was really good for Oklahoma. Hold on, is there another year? No, okay, that was his. That was the first year that he was on the roster. At least they had him on the preseason roster, which gets us to number one, 
which we'll mention, and then we'll dive in. He's got R. Mason Thomas at number one, and I like this a lot. Let's go in depth on that next. Any problem with the five players listed at SoonersWire.com, listed by John as potential breakouts in 2023? 20, yeah, 2023. Not really. I mean, I think that we sort of both said that Gentry Williams were hopeful, but maybe that's the one of the five that we're least confident in just right. because we've seen – you know, seen or heard maybe the least of. Guyton, I think, is a slam dunk. That's got to happen for Oklahoma. So, I, you know, that you need that at tackle. No, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, I've got two more to add, and then we'll dive into R. Mason Thomas next, right here, talking sooner football on the raft. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Dude, I mean, I love, love the NFL, but I'm – I know that we're going through a list of top five Sooners who we think can make an impact in 23. I get it. I get it, Josh Helmer. It's low-hanging fruit. It's list season, debate season, however you want to describe it. But here at Caven's Group, 405-573-3048, uh, get up and first take are on the TVs. The two topics they're debating. More to prove. Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen, that's first take. And then on get up, would appearing on HBO's Hard Knocks be a bad thing for the Jets? Huh. I mean, I love football content, but those are like, those are two things that I never even would think of. Like, who has more to prove, Lamar and Josh Allen? Like, who cares? They're not competing against each other. <laughs> Neither. They're both rich and have really long contracts. Prove it to who? You? And Jets being on Hard Knocks, I don't know about you, Josh, but I do kind of feel like, I feel like Aaron Rodgers has become like Mr. Media all of a sudden. He's like doing everything. Well, really, just dating back to his partnership with the Pat McAfee show, it's sure you, you get a good bit of of Aaron Rodgers in season every week. So, you know the uh, the hard knocks thing. We're not going to remember any of that two months from now. No, you know, it's no unless something earth shattering, groundbreaking happens, which I can't imagine it would. Yeah, is that going to have any impact on mm -hmm. what happens with the Jets? No. Will we look back and maybe try to correlate one thing or another? Okay, maybe. But uh, and the other side of it, mm. I guess Lamar Jackson has more to prove. I just don't. I mean, okay, he's been around longer. Good times on the uh, producer side. Do you think they high five? Like good segment. All right, before I get to Mister Sports, here is the top five from SoonersWire.com. Five players poised for a breakout in 23. Jared Canick, Gentry Williams, Tyler Guyton, Grayson Halton, mm -hmm. and R. Mason Thomas. I love the R. Mason Thomas pick. You know, here was a guy that ended up playing, I think, earlier than any of us expected last year. Uh, has to obviously add to that frame, get bigger, and get stronger. But to me, and I think even last year a few times, I kind of thought he could end up being a game changer and was. But now you look at, at his measurements, and, and they're getting bigger, and they're getting stronger, 6'2", 239. So he still has some work to do. But, you know, he's only 12 pounds lighter than Trace Ford. So I, I like the pick of R. Mason Thomas if you're talking about guys that could, could break out this season. Well, he's somebody that we've seen play mm -hmm. <laughs> a, a good bit. We have evidence. He uh... – I want to say outside of Javante Barnes, he got the most snaps for a true freshman for mm -hmm. Oklahoma last season. He so did. 
that that alone tells us that yeah he he's going to be a legitimate factor and and uh yeah is is a good breakout candidate okay i'm gonna add two and then we'll get mr sports in here we haven't talked to mr sports in a while josh can i for the 86th time put maybe instead of just Jaden Gibson, a combo of like Jaden Gibson and Nick Anderson as prime for a breakout. Is that me just dying on a hill or no? Okay. No, it's not. Okay. So we, we, John and I had this discussion on the podcast side, right? Mm -hmm. And as we had the discussion reacting to his list to me, as you know, I looked at it and thought about it. It's almost like the breakout players conversation. I sort of looked at it in pairs almost. Mm -hmm. It was hard for me to pick singular players because what you just mentioned, wide receiver, Jaden Gibson or Nick Anderson. You got to have one of those guys. Uh, Isaiah Coe or, gosh, why why am I blanking? The longtime player up front, defensive tackle for Oklahoma. You got to have one of those two guys step up. Ethan Downs, Reggie Grimes, one of those two guys. If they could take a big step forward. Jordan Kelly? That's who I was thinking of. Yeah, okay. Coe right. Co or Kelly. You need one of those guys to go from good to great. And we could do that up and down the roster, it feels like, for Oklahoma. Agreed. Agreed. Then my second one, which I, again, I feel like I'm doing the same show from last year. But Justin Harrington. It doesn't have to be a young guy that has a breakout year. And I think Justin Harrington, patient, waiting, knowing, understanding. I don't know you know, why he didn't translate to more playing time last year over to Sean White. And I know everyone that's being brought in this year to Sean McCullough, among others, or mentioned as, as cheetahs. But I, I don't know. Josh, I just... Again, either he is the greatest camp player in the history of ever. Right. Right? Either Justin Harrington is the greatest camp player ever, or we're due for a breakout. Yeah, it it feels that way. And, you know, is it 2021 again? Is it 2022 again? (laughs) Yeah, we've had this this conversation with Harrington a lot. Uh, Even dating dating back to before he first left and then returned mm-hmm. felt like this was somebody that was, was really on the, the come up and on the rise for Oklahoma. I think it's a good candidate just because Brent Venables, every time he's asked about McCola or the defense or cheetah, he's quick to point out Justin Harrington. So I don't think that's just lip service. A Brazilian suitor checks in. Don't know if you saw, but Jonah Laulu is now listed at 295 pounds. He may be. The breakout slash surprise this year. Well, and as you pointed out, was was tabbed as one of the guys going to Big 12 Media Days. By the way, if you're wondering, I'm saving that show for tomorrow. It's never really been a big deal to me who goes to, to Media Days, but I always find it to be very telling. If Laula is up to, what did Brazilian Sooner say, 295? That means he's put on 30 pounds yeah. since he stepped on campus. And if it's good weight, that's pretty amazing. Hey, in fairness, Jonah, I put on 30 pounds once I stepped on a college campus, too. All right. Um, so far, so good on the calls. Let's keep it rolling. It's been a minute. Good morning, Mr. Sports. How are you? 
Hey, Chris, um, what do you think about a radio personality that you send him a DM to uh, <laughs> rescue a rooster? But I, I think I figured it out. When you Go get ahead. famous, you just don't have time to get to everybody. No. <laughs> Mr. Sports, let me defend myself here. Okay, we have a problem right. at the Plank household, Josh. It's a big problem. We've got somewhat of a rogue rooster. I like to call him Boss Hog. We have 10 chickens, and we have Boss Hog. Boss Hog is kind of an a-hole, right? When you walk out there, he'll bow up on you. He's cock-a-doodle-doing um, all hours of the night. And I reached out to, well, Mr. Sports reached out to me. And I got home that day, and I'm like, which is, it, it's kind of funny when you think about this conversation with a family member. It's like, hey, babe, Mr. Sports can help us with our rooster. And she looked at me, she goes, what? She goes, let me give it a week and see how it goes. So I apologize that I didn't get back right away, Mr. Sports, but I will be texting you. It has nothing to do with my uh, thinking I'm cooler than I am. It's just we're going to give <laughs> Boss Hog another chance. We're, <laughs> we're going to give been Boss there. Hog another chance before we rehome him. Because he hey, does Chris, protect him, there. right? He protects been him. there with the family thing. You know, I understand mm. the family deal. That's perfectly normal. Uh on to the softball thing real quick, and then i got ch- I got one question for Josh, yeah. and then we'll get off. Um, I don't worry about no portal and Patty Gasso. She's going to pull rabbits out of the hat every single year. It's just, you know, I don't, I, don't even, I don't even sweat that. So I don't know why anybody would. I mean, these coaches, they find players mm-hmm. everywhere, you know. Okay. All right, Josh, real quick. Uh, tell me about this edge guy. That just committed. What is it like, Minnesota or something? And yeah. it, and and also, I thought I read what little bit I know about it. I thought I read he even play some tight end or something. And I'll take it off the air, fellas. You guys have a good one. See you, bud. Mister Sports. What a great guy. I figured he was mad at me. <laughs> he's calling to let you know that uh, he's he's ready to take care of Boss Hawk. Well, we we've talked about Wyatt Gilmore this morning. Plank, four star kid according to 24-7 Sports. To my understanding, I mean, he does play tight end in in high school, but I don't, you know, as far as I know, the plan for Oklahoma is defensive end edge all the way. I mean, 6'4", 240, uh, one of the top players in Minnesota, and you want out over Miami and Minnesota in, in this recruitment. So top player from Minnesota uh, out of Rogers, Rogers Senior High School, Plank, which I don't know a hmm. bunch uh, about Rogers Senior High School, but uh, sounds like, Pretty good, pretty good defensive end talent for Miguel Chavis and company. Okay, so he also, Mr. Sports, yeah, I, everything I hear Mr. Sports is good, and everything I hear is that he's coming as an edge rusher. On the transfer side of things, by this point in 2022, Alex Duraco and Alina Torres had already committed. So remember, I said earlier, there's not, there wasn't an Alex Duraco in this portal class. Now, when Vauder put her name in last week, that's someone that's on her level. But up until that point, you didn't really have anyone near that level, at least in the circle. And then Sid Sanders and Haley Lee didn't commit until July. Lee didn't commit to the Sooners until July 8th. Haley Lee didn't announce her commitment until July 18th. So I'm with Mr. Sports on that one. But I will, I will say, Josh, 
rules are a little different this year with the timing of the portal. And a reminder that just because the portal closes doesn't mean players can't sign with schools, and it doesn't mean a graduate transfer can't pop into the portal either. I don't expect that to happen, though. So timing-wise, you know, Oklahoma's fine. But again, we, we, we've never experienced anything like Jordy Ball hitting the portal in this sport. It's incredible. All right, good to hear, Mr. Sports. Quick break. It's 1036. The ref is live from Cavens. We do this every Thursday right here on The Ref. You know, Josh, as weird as this sounds, Wednesday nights have become one of my favorite nights of the week. And last night, I was chatting with my man Chris Wilkerson, one of the greatest football players ever to come out of Noble, uh, and the mayor of Washington, Mayor Joel. And we brought up a little Cruton talk. You know, me, there's really nothing other than sports that I know or care to talk about, even something that I'm not necessarily steeped in, like, the Cruton world. And the question was was posed. You have two Oklahoma boys, one of them a legacy. Cooper Alexander and, I mean, Stephen Alexander's son. Right? One, of the, one of the greatest tight ends in Oklahoma Sooner football history. So you got Coop and you got Nate Roberts. And they play at Washington. Washington, Oklahoma, baby. Literally, place where kids grow up dreaming of being Sooners. You want to talk about those of you that like the idea of the playing for the, the logo, don't care about the name on the back of the jersey? I mean, that's what Washington is, man. Outside of that one OSU family. Makes no sense. But is any way surprising that neither one of those guys are going to Oklahoma? Sure it is. It has does, to be. Does it? Do people just chalk it up to, well, they wanted to go get somewhere else or put more attention. So, that's not a voice. That's my voice. Do it, so, I just, to me, I, I know, listen, I know Nate's a Norman kid that transferred to Washington. Coop's Washington kid, okay? Um, and by the way, his brother, holy smokes. There's about to be another. There's about to be another Alexander that plays for Washington. Josh Helmer that looks like a grown ass man at like 16 or 15 or whatever he is. It's wild. I like open the door. I'm like, here you go, sir. It's an absolute beast. So the best of the Alexanders might be yet to come. But is that concerning at all? Does that did that surprise you at all? That need and they both had Oklahoma on their list, right? And I think Cooper started what I, I don't understand the level of offers, but what like started as a preferred walk on. I think maybe even Nate did at first, but I don't know, dude. Is it is that concerning at all? It's disappointing. Sure, it is. Yeah, I don't know that I can say it's it's concerning. I don't know the recruitments top to bottom well enough to say sure that. Oklahoma went the preferred walk-on route, and then everybody else came in. I mean, Nate Roberts right now is a four-star kid in the the twenty-five class per uh, per twenty-four-seven sports. He got offers from everybody: Notre right. Dame, Bama, Arkansas, Auburn, Baylor, Clemson, Florida State, Georgia. I mean, you name it. So 
if uh, if that's the case there, then yeah, I mean Oklahoma made a mistake, right? I mean it's pretty simple as that. Now I, I don't I don't know the recruitment, but uh, sometimes kids just want to go somewhere different. Sometimes uh, they don't want to stay home, and unfortunately, you you know, in the case of Alexander, maybe you're running into one of those situations where yeah, sure. trying to carve out their own future. If Chris Plank was a an incredible college football recruit whenever he was making his decision illinois wouldn't have been in the mix or let me rephrase that because illinois would have been far enough away st louis shoe wouldn't have been in the mix josh even if they played football because i wanted to get as far away from home as possible i just wanted a different life i wanted to try something new nothing against my family but i think whenever you look at that tight end position there was george kittle Charlie Kohler, our Kolar. What's our fight with the last name? I, I always said Kolar, so. Okay. Charlie Kolar. It, it tends to sting a little bit more. Yeah, um, I, I guess they all. It, it was so Cooper went to Norman, too, as a freshman, then moved. No, I, and, and did not offer Oklahoma until late May. So. Right. May 23rd. As a matter of fact, was when he, he got his offer. And he wasn't, someone had texted, didn't he commit and then took a visit? No, no, no. He didn't. None of them had committed. Not that uh, not that Iowa State offered, you know, just eons in front. I mean, they, they offered in mid-February, which, hey, that's that's a ways in front of May. But, you know, that's not – it was February 2023. It wasn't yeah. February 2022. Someone points out that you um, maybe it's frustrating to go all in for Davion Mitchell and put the rest on the back burner. To not push harder for a sooner legacy is disappointing – it just seems like they never made him feel like a, a priority. Boy, and, and they're in – can I step back just for a moment and not necessarily – I think that texture's dead on. But I to push back a little bit, man, it's, it's hard how many kids want to be made a priority when you're going up against someone that can make them their number one, number one. And for you, it might be a second or third tier kind of a guy. That's you, – you should still win, right? But it's – it's got to be a little bit more difficult well, if that's something that matters. And I think, I, I think that is only amplified for legacy kids. Agreed. So, again, I mentioned this many times. Uh, I, I told Mayor Joel that our conversation about expectations led to a whole show on Thursday. Uh, he wanted a cut from the show that day, which I unfortunately reminded him we, we don't make any money per day off this show but we appreciated the content last night i was just i was posed a question of of what happened and i didn't have an answer i didn't have an answer except to say i think they're both really really good i think it's pretty exciting to go to have and this is very greedy right here but have my kids go to a school where they're going to watch you know, two to four D1 prospects play every Friday night, <laughs> maybe a fifth too in Major Cantrell. They're just they're really – it's really cool to see what's going on in Washington. I just – I I hope there's no tapping out on the, hey, they're committed somewhere else, but I'm, I'm sure the effort's still being put in, right? I feel like Nate Roberts pretty solid to Notre Dame. Maybe it takes a little bit more for – from an attention perspective to, to Cooper Alexander, I don't know. But I just didn't have an answer to that, Josh. And it's it's disappointing, but let's see. Let's kind of see how things pan out over the next few months because this thing is is probably long from over. How was uh, the potluck dinner, by the way? 
it was pretty good. The wife was uh, one of the crew members in charge of putting together the Wednesday night potluck. Not not bad. Baked potatoes with pulled pork. Ooh, that, that sounds pretty nice. And uh, she was cooking early yesterday morning, right? Oh, yeah. And dude, it's 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 the coolest but the also worst week of my life. <laughs> because you got to wait all day? Yeah. Well, because your food, your kitchen always smells like good food for the most part. But then number two, you're, you're asked to do like 10,000 things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. pulled a lot of different ways. You know, and this is uh, this is kind of interesting from the – 405, maybe it's the perspective that big-time OU kid, or Oklahoma kids are expected to just commit with a PWO, preferred walk-on. And maybe that's something that, you know, i got to be honest with you. If, if I'm facing a college decision and my options are preferred walk-on and my dream school are to get my – education paid for on a full scholarship at a school that is a power five school josh that's gonna be a that's gonna be a really really hard decision really hard decision here's one more on it i don't subscribe that OU was late to the party and the kid was upset by that he's a legacy you either grow up loving that school or don't care how long until you get that offer or You've lived that school all your life and would like a different experience. So, in other words, there's one that says, eh, late to the party, fine, but maybe Josh Helmer hit it on the head when it didn't matter. It's like, hey, my, my dad was one of the greatest in OU history. I'm going to go try to do my own thing. And I noticed here at 1050 on the 29th day of June, Josh, I haven't had an opportunity to talk about this story yet. <laughs> so here we go. It had been a minute. All right, quick break. We'll come back, put a wrap on hour two with some more of your texts next right here on The Ref. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I think just to add one more thing to it, it's not, you know, we were talking about my beloved Washington Warriors and the amount of talent Coach Beller has this year and how exciting it is to see it. You know, can we get Carl Albert versus Washington on a field? Let's oh, go. Oh, that'd be fun. Which, by the way, hey, thank you uh, for getting me in touch with Coach Beller. He was awesome earlier this week. You know what? It is – it's truly been just one of the coolest, um, like, organic connections that I've ever made. It felt like old school, man. I said on the air one day, I'm like, hey, dude, we should get – coach Beller on more often and literally like two minutes later we we had a we were in contact with him it was just so cool and I got to meet him a couple of times the dog the 14 year old Josh Emma Planks all in on her on her off-season workouts man she's hitting the gym every night they do it in fact we're back tonight but there's so much that goes into it now and I mean you and I were talking during the break let's let's go to fans opinions i was i was hoping to get to it before i got to work this morning but i was about 17 minutes in and they still hadn't talked about it carrie um but on the unofficial 40 the headline was how concerned how concerned should you be about ou's o-line recruiting and we just watched an nfl draft where an oklahoma guy went in the first round we've seen 
the amount of money that offensive line recruits could make if they get going. But an Aaron Parks transfer, you know, a couple of guys that, you know, in, in Jake Taylor that we really haven't seen yet that were big, high-profile recruits, again, a position to where it seems as if the transfers have had a little bit more success than those recruited. Uh, or maybe, let me rephrase that. The transfers get a, a, a pretty good opportunity outside of some of the guys that were brought in. And the development side of that has been, I think, frustrating because the guys like, you know, Aaron Parks and the great example that just went on the in the portal. And now all of a sudden people are like, what's going on here? Who'd you say lost the guy to Kansas State? Yeah, so anytime, well, that that's the expectation, yeah, is that Bricks is going right. there. So it's it's kind of wild how quickly things can turn. So is the life of recruiting. Quick break. Top five stories today. Live from Cavens on a Thursday. It's the ref.